Well, hello and welcome to the County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of the Conversation, we're talking with Kambi Zagazi, Director of the Office of Environmental and Energy Coordination. We'll be chatting about Fairfax County's new Office of Environmental and Energy Coordination and a lot to talk about with that new office. I was surprised everything they have going on, and I think you will be too. So, Combies, first of all, thanks for being on the County Conversation podcast. Sure enough. Thank you very much, Jim. Absolutely glad to have you and glad to have you here to talk about Fairfax County's new Office of Environmental and Energy Coordination. But before we get there, you have been with the county prior to this office establishment working on environmental issues. Tell me a little bit about your background with the county and uh, and your interest in the environmental uh, area. Sure. Um, so, as you noted, I'm currently the, the director of the new Office of Environmental and Energy Coordination. I'm going to refer to it as the OEEC from this point onward. Um, and I'll just say a few words about the office and then say a few words about my uh, background here at the county. Um, so one of the OEEC's primary responsibilities is to support implementation of the environmental vision. The county's guiding policy on environmental and sustainability initiatives and programs. The environmental vision lays out goals and objectives across seven service areas, including land use, transportation, water, waste management, parks, and ecological resources, climate energy, and environmental stewardship. And this is important because a lot of the work that I did prior to becoming the director of this new office uh, was along these same lines in support of the same vision document. <clears throat> these goals and objectives were developed to attain and preserve a healthy environment and to provide for a high quality of life for current and future generations of Fairfax County community members. The OEEC strives to help the county achieve and th- th- this vision through the, the, the development and implementation of supporting environmental and energy programs and initiatives. And I have worked for the county for over 21 years and was previously appointed as the county's first ever environmental coordinator. A lot of the work that I did as the environmental coordinator, as you can imagine, was to support the environmental vision document as well as other major environmental and energy policy documents of the Board of Supervisors. In that position, how how and why did it get created? Not not the office, but the first position that you had. How how did that come about? Was it something you just said, "Hey, county government, hire me to help you work on environmental issues"? Yeah, and I and I think that you know um, you know my position dates back to 1999. Um, I think that there was a recognition, um, not just on the board of supervisors, but also in the community. Um, that the county, while uh, the county had achieved quite a bit in terms of the environment, especially in the areas of, of water and air, there was a, a need for, I think, a more sustained, uh, robust cross-organizational collaboration um, that was not happening on a sustained basis, maybe more on an ad hoc basis. And I think that because of this recognition, um, they decided to hire a coordinator, and I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, get the job. So so with this new office, as you say, the OEEC, which I can completely understand uh, calling that instead of having to say Office of Environmental and Energy Coordination every time you, you speak, um, how long has that been created? Can you give me a little bit of history and a little bit of background for our listeners? When did the office actually start? and uh, 
what what was the the main charge, if you will? Sure, I'll say a few words uh, about the office um, and give you some of my sense in terms of the main charge. Um, the Office of Environmental and Energy Coordination, or as we'll call it, the OEEC, uh, was established on July 1st, 2019 as part of the fiscal year 2020 adopted budget. And I think it was largely in response to growing interest from Fairfax County residents and the Board of Supervisors in having the county play a more active leadership role on environmental energy and climate issues. I stress the word active because I think that we were, the board was, and, and we were on staff uh, playing a uh, leadership role, but it's, um, it's a lot easier to play a, a leadership role when you have dedicated resources uh, such as the OEDC uh, provides. Um, and as such, you know, the mission of the OEC is the, is to coordinate the development and implementation of the county's cross-organizational environmental and energy goals and policies, programs, and initiatives. And more importantly, to create a common understanding of board policy among county agencies and departments, boards, authorities, and commissions, businesses, residents, and community groups who all play a critical role to advance these goals and these policies. And I think a lot of people always ask me, uh, you know, the board has all of these policies and, and and why is it so difficult to implement these policies? And I think that in some respects and, and some of the role that I played as a coordinator was to help departments and agencies um, visualize and to operationalize these policies. And also, I think the community members have a lot of expectations. And I think that it's important that we have a common and we share a common understanding of uh, what these policies are. Part of what we try to do here on the county conversation is to get to know county employees a little bit as well. For you personally, what is so interesting and exciting about this this job and this office that you've had for, for, for many years? What drove you to become involved in this area? Oh, boy, I'll, I'll tell you, um, it was the uh, it was the uh, challenge. I think, you know, I, and I tell this story to everybody. Uh, it was an interview panel. And when I was hired, and that uh, was probably the worst interview I had ever had in my career. Um, I walked out of the interview and just kind of shrugged it off. My friends and family asked me, how did it go? And I said, wow, this was the worst interview I've ever had. There's no way they're going to hire me. And they said, well, why? And I said, because I spent half the time arguing with the panel. Wow. Um, so um, lo and behold, about a week later, I, I get a, a phone call. It's the deputy county executive, uh, Tony Griffin, and he's calling me into his office for a second interview. So I showed up and we spoke for about 30 minutes. And he said, I want to tell you, this is going to be a very challenging job. There's no blueprint. And there's nothing for you to kind of fall back on. Uh, do you still want the job? I can remember thinking, wow, there's no blueprint. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay. So I think part of the uh, part of the, um, the challenge of this position, but also what really made this position interesting for me, uh, was the fact that I was sort of developing it as I went along. And that's the personal challenge, but also it's a, um, a a bigger challenge and bigger mission. I mean, how much bigger can you get than the environment and climate change and and health of everyone with, with those areas? Absolutely, it's uh, it's a it's yeah, it's well beyond the personal challenge. Obviously, it was a 
it was a huge professional challenge. Um, I think that there were a lot of um, structural issues in the county back in 1999 um, that we um, began to work on, um, especially in terms of our cross-organizational coordination and collaboration. And um, and I also think that in, in some of the areas we were doing better than other areas. For instance, back in 1999, I think we had a pretty good grasp of water quality and to some extent stormwater, although that was kind of uh, new to the county as well. Um, we didn't have a good grasp in terms of energy and climate change. And this was something that came about over time, uh, uh, maybe in the early in the early 2000s. So how do you juggle all these issues? I mean, I, and I was trying to write down some of these things you were talking about, energy, climate change, stormwater. Um, how, how do you and, and your new office now that started, as you said, July 2019, how do you juggle all those? How do you prioritize the, the different issues? Yeah, and that's a great question. So I think that when we when we first looked at um, at the at this new office, uh, we spent probably the better part of about a year working on a structure for the office, on a mission for the office. Um, as I noted, I've, I've been at the county for over twenty one years, so I had some idea in terms of. of where the priorities are and sort of how to sort of formulate and, and structure these priorities. Um, I think in terms of the OEC and our ability to sort of juggle number number one, I think uh, we have great staff um, in the OEC. And I've not had a great working relationship with um, Fairfax County staff across the organizations over the last 21 years. And we have a lot of partners who we collaborate with both within and outside of the county. Um, so I can say that that being able to juggle these very difficult issues is is not the job of one person, certainly not the job of one office. Um, but I will say that the OEEC is organized into three major teams, and each of them operate on a very collaborative basis, both internal and external. Um, the first team is the monitoring analysis and, uh, and evaluation team which focuses on addressing issues related to energy and water use in county facilities and operations. Then there's the climate and resilience community planning and programs team, which leads community and employee awareness and engagement to promote and advance environmental and energy priorities. And lastly, the innovation and sustainability team, which helps define and create a sustainable future for Fairfax County by supporting innovative projects and programs including those recommended in the community-wide energy and climate action plan. So I've, I've said a lot of words here. And yeah. I'm sort, of, I'm sort of laying the foundation for some of my, for what I'm anticipating are going to be some of the questions. Um, but just to let you know that there are three teams associated with our office, that, and that's sort of how we're structured to help us juggle right. uh, or, or sort of keep, keep track of, of the major uh, priority areas. Well, looking through some of the uh, the information, documentation, et cetera, uh, I was uh, going to make sure we talked about the Community-Wide Energy and Climate Action Plan, which you guys have an acronym for, CECAP, I guess you call it CCAP, but also the energy management and the sustainability and innovation, including solar and the, the CPACE that I want to make sure we get to. So uh, we've got, um, you know... 12, 15 minutes left to go, so let's uh, let's dive into uh, the um, climate and resilience efforts first. And you mentioned the community-wide energy and climate action plan. First of all, explain that, what that means, and, and what that is doing and will do for the county. Okay, sure enough. Thank you. 
So um, our office obviously is uh, responsible for administering the CCAP or the Community-Wide Energy and Climate Action Plan. Um, and as I noted, we have those three teams. Well, the Climate and Resilience Community Planning and Programs team is the responsible team um, for administering the county's first ever Community-Wide Energy and Climate Action Plan. So from now on, we're going to refer to it as CCAP. Uh, CCAP is a community-driven plan with support from the Metropolitan Washington Council of Governments, and we have a contractor to help us as well, ICF. It's a Fairfax-based um, management consulting firm. Um, the importance of CCAP is for obvious reasons. It's a it's a climate emissions it's a mitigation plan. Um, it will include an updated greenhouse gas inventory for the county. It will include goals and targets for greenhouse gas reduction in the coming years and recommended strategies and actions for every sector, including transportation, building energy, the power sector, et cetera, of the community to help mitigate climate change. Um, and community input and involvement is critically important to the success of the CCAP since Fairfax County and schools operations only account for about 5% of greenhouse gas emissions in the county. The other 95% come from other sources. Plan will primarily be developed by an energy and climate task force composed of leaders from the business community, local and regional nonprofits, and residents from each of the nine Fairfax County supervisory districts. Each of the nine districts also has a focus group composed of community members with experience and interest in climate, energy, and environmental issues. And all county residents will have an opportunity to participate in the process through online surveys and or in-person meetings. Obviously, the COVID-19 pandemic has created some challenges to the public participation aspect of the planning process and in-person meetings will depend on further developments. And um, and I think it's just important, the uh, the CCAP, I, you know, if I could summarize it, you know, being the community-driven plan, I, I think that it's one thing to have an operational plan where the county can take a look at its own operations. But I think that when we when we talk about climate change, I think that we need to recognize that this is a global issue. It is a national issue. It is a regional issue here in the Washington region, and certainly it's a countywide issue. And every individual, every business, every utility and authority, and every government and school system has a role to to play here. And we need to find that role. We need to provide those opportunities for everyone nice. to participate in the plan. I think you said the county operations account for 5% of the greenhouse gases and emissions. Yeah, roughly county and schools. Okay. Okay. But this uh, CCAP, this plan and actions taken affect county operations as well as other businesses, everything in the county. How, how is that? I can't think of the right word. How? <laughs> How is that uh, enforced or enacted upon these these recommendations that are going to come up? Yeah. So, and I think to uh, I, I think I think in, in terms of you know the uh, the um, uh, question of enforcement, um, the the CCAP is envisioned as a voluntary plan, and this is the reason why we want the community, everyone in the community. When I say the word community, I'm talking about our utilities, our authorities, and our commissions, um, the, the school system, our, our various levels of government, uh, businesses, everyone. Um, we all have a role to play. And um, and, and the challenge is, get, is is providing those opportunities and incentives 
and, and just the information for everyone to participate. So when I think of enforcement, I, we're really talking about a, a voluntary plan here. Uh, we're talking about a plan that will provide incentives for everyone to participate. Um, where there is enforcement, it's, it's typically on the federal or, or state level. Um, the plan has an inventory associated with it, so we will identify all of the major sources and provide a uh, pathway forward to reduce the emissions from, from all of those sources. I think it was a, about a year prior, if I'm reading my notes correctly, the your new office, the OEEC, started July 19, but a year prior, July 2018, the Board of Supervisors adopted the county's first ever operational energy strategy. Now, that, that plan was specifically for county government operations? Or Correct. Is that, okay. That what, is county what, government operations. Okay. What what does that what does that plan do or that strategy? What what is the goal of that strategy for county government operations? Sure. So I think as you noted, um, the operational energy strategy or OES uh, was adopted by the Board of Supervisors. It's a major board policy document. It was adopted in July of 2018. The operational energy strategy identifies goals and targets across 10 focus areas including energy use and efficiency, water use and efficiency, electric vehicles, innovative energy solutions, which include, for instance, our solar uh, utility cost management and reporting and collaboration. And the key purpose of the strategy is to provide the county with significant energy and water use reductions and cost savings, minimizing the county's environmental footprint and ensuring prudent management of taxpayer dollars. The strategy is also intended to promote an energy conscious culture within the county workplace. And, and that's really important too, because we have a lot of employees. We have over 13,000 employees, not to mention the approximately 13,000 school employees, um, who are also, uh, you know, uh, working and or residents here in the county and, and who are associated with our county operations. Are there certain things that are being um, outlined or, or maybe even a better question would be, are there successes yet from that uh, from that plan from that initiative? Yeah, and, and so we we do have a, a lot of successes. I, I think I had mentioned uh, one of our teams here in, in this office, the OEC, is our monitoring analysis and evaluation team, and that team is responsible um, for overseeing the implementation of strategies associated with the operational energy strategy. We've we're, we're in year two um, of of that strategy. Um, officially since um, we had some funding associated with that strategy in the, in the first year back in 2018. And uh, we've seen a lot of success. Uh, we have been able to uh, provide energy efficiency, mostly in lighting retrofits and controls at over 20 county facilities. Uh, we are also looking at some other um, opportunities uh, moving forward. Um, we're in the middle of a street light uh, conversion program with Dominion Virginia Energy, where we're converting all of the street lights in the county um, from typically their high pressure sodium lights to um, LED to LED lights. Um, that's an ongoing project as well. We also have an ongoing project uh, for uh, implementing or for rolling out electric vehicle charging infrastructure at over uh, 20 county facilities, for instance. Um, these facilities would be um, for county vehicle use as well as for public use. Um, so it would provide a, a benefit to both the county government as well as the uh, public. Wow. wow. That was just right off the top of your head. You were rattling off those strategies or those the success stories. So a lot of things are 
are happening in what seems like a short period, but I know it probably doesn't seem like a short period of time to you. I know one of the things I heard about recently, and I can't quite remember how long ago, maybe six months ago, perhaps, uh, some major announcement with solar. Uh, can you touch on that for a minute and explain that one? Because I, I wasn't sure I quite understood it at the time, but it was a uh, quite a big deal, apparently. Sure. So uh, this was in 2019. I think it was December. Um, the county announced contracts with multiple solar power purchase agreement service providers. Um, so the contracts will allow for the installation of solar photovoltaic arrays at, county, at Fairfax County government, school, housing, and park sites, providing <clears throat> the potential for both substantial cost avoidance and environmental benefits over time. Um, I know it was the largest solar PPA initiative by a local municipality in Virginia to, to date. Um, the solar PPAs are very attractive um, because they provide a financing mechanism for the purchase of renewable energy by government entities, and there is uh, no upfront cost to the um, to the uh, uh, government. We are essentially only responsible for purchasing the electrons that are produced by the solar arrays. Um, the solar PPA uh, providers are responsible for uh, installation, management, and maintenance um, of the facility. Um, so, and as a result of our our PPA uh, contract um, and the over 100 facilities that were identified uh, in the uh, request for a proposal, um, we have a potential to yield over 60 million in electric in electricity cost avoidance over the uh, terms of the uh, contracts. Wow, 16 million, you say? 50, six zero. Sell so 60. Wow. And, and maybe you said this, I'm, uh, PPA, what, what does that mean? What do... it's, a PPA is a power purchase agreement. So this is a, a unique agreement where um, a third party solar provider will um, purchase, install, and um, they will operate and maintain a solar facility uh, whether that's in your parking lot, whether that's ground mounted somewhere on your property or it's on your rooftop, um, they will sell you the electrons, um, and hopefully they'll sell them to you at a at a fair market rate that is less than what you are currently paying to your incumbent utility. Um, when when we looked at uh, at the hundred so uh, sites in Fairfax County, um, and we averaged the electricity rates at the various sites. Um, that's how we came up with the potential for 60 million in cost avoidance over the uh, 25 year terms of these contracts. Wow, that's incredible. We, I, we're running close on time and we've got so much more to cover. I do want to make sure we get to something called C PACE, which I wanted to make sure we covered. I understand the acronym uh, Commercial Property Assessed Clean Energy and Resilience Program. So, again, that's the reason we talk in acronyms C PACE. Could you? Talk about that and explain that a little bit for me. Sure, I, I'm happy to. In February of this year, um, the county announced the launch of, as you said, the Commercial Property Assessed Clean Energy and Resiliency Program, or CPACE. It's a financing tool designed to encourage private building owners, including nonprofits, to pursue energy savings, water saving, and resiliency projects within commercial properties. Um, and through the program, building owners looking to complete specific capital improvement projects can secure private funding, which is then repaid via a special assessment. CPACE allows building owners to make substantial improvements to older buildings or to add sustainable technologies to new buildings with little or no upfront costs. 
The loans are typically long-term, sometimes tied to the useful life of the eligible improvement and carry with the property from one owner to the next. And this lending model allows building owners to undertake large-scale projects and improvements with minimal initial capital outlays, preserving cash flow and producing near-term operational savings. And lastly, the CFACE program in Fairfax County is the first program in Virginia to include provisions for resiliency improvements to buildings qualifying improvements would address risk due to flooding, high winds, or extreme heat, and would be independently verified by a professional engineer prior to financing being approved. The program also accommodates projects designed to address stormwater issues. So this is a very exciting program here in Fairfax County, and it was a long time coming, something that the Board of Supervisors had um, championed, and, and, and it was a high priority of our board, very supportive. We had a lot of collaboration in the private sector to help the county with its ordinance, which was adopted in uh, March of 2019. And of course, with the program launched in February of 2020, uh, this was very, you know, very, very exciting. For the right. county. Well, you mentioned, you know, first, first of its kind program here and the successes previously, a, a lot has happened in a very short amount of time. So congratulations and kudos to you and your team. How, how can you top all these successes so far? What, what's still to come? There, there's a lot of work to do. We are a very, very large jurisdiction. We're close to 1.2 million people, 400 square miles. Um, we have a, a, a lot of work to do in Fairfax County. So I think that when you say, how can we top this? I, I think that, that the idea here is that uh, we have some very, very good policies. Um, and I think that we have a lot of work to do to support these policies. Right. And, um, and I'm just happy to be working with this team and with this county. Well, one of the things we didn't get a chance to uh, touch a lot about, of course, you uh, you and your staff are uh, engaged in the community doing a lot of uh, uh, outreach action. There's the Energy Action Fairfax, Energy Masters, there's Green Business Partners, there's the Fairfax County Employees for Environmental Excellence, a lot of other things that we could talk about today. But uh, if folks need to get more information, they can uh, go online to fairfaxcounty.gov slash environment energy coordination. That's the website that you can uh, find a lot of information. But you guys are also active on the county's uh, environment Facebook page, as well as uh, Twitter uh, of your very own at FFX Green. So a lot of uh, outreach activities going on from your office there. Correct. And we have a wonderful uh, public information officer that we hired last fall. Um, Ali Alfen, she's done a great job and uh, she's very active on Twitter and on Facebook and on providing. She's responsible for the uh, development of our of our county public um, environmental web pages um, and she puts out a lot of great information on a uh, weekly basis. Well, we have uh, unfortunately these run out of time. There is so much we could talk about uh, final thought from you, something I didn't ask that you wish I had asked you or a program or, or something you want to make sure that we highlight before I let you go. Sure. Um, so I think, well, there, there's a lot I could talk about. <laughs> um, I think I'll just say, I wanted to say something about, um, we talked about CCAP. Uh, what we did not mention was anything about resiliency and adaptation. And I just wanted to note that, um, while we do have a, an active CCAP, which is a mitigation planning process underway, um, it is anticipated that the CCAP will be complemented by a climate adaptation and resiliency plan at some point in the future. 
This is also a priority of the Board of Supervisors. And the Climate Adaptation and Resiliency Plan will address direct climate impacts to Fairfax County, including higher temperatures and heat waves, colder temperatures, superstorms, changes to precipitation patterns or events, flooding, which is coastal, tidal, riverine, and inland, and sea level rise. And the plan will examine how county government authorities, businesses, and residents can prepare for these impacts if they grow more intense or frequent over time. And development of this plan is in the very early stages right now. And our office is working to identify and secure the resources that will be needed to support the work. And I just wanted to mention that because this is a priority of the Board of Supervisors. And they've asked our office to come back with a process and a timeline for um, implementing a um, adaptation and resiliency plan. And this is something that we're uh, currently working on. Definitely sounds like you've got your, uh, you and your team have your hands full. Uh, it's not like one issue you're dealing with. You have multiple issues you're dealing with. And uh, seemingly they all tie in and fit with each other and, and work either in cooperation or, or not together with each other. So a lot of, uh, a lot of plates in the air as you say, as you're judging all these issues. So uh, keep up the good work. And thank you so much for being on the uh, County Conversation podcast with us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely more than welcome. Again, as we mentioned, if you'd like to learn more, go to fairfaxcounty.gov slash environment dash energy dash coordination. Kambi Zagazi, Director of the Office of Environmental and Energy Coordination with us today on this edition of the County Conversation. We certainly do appreciate him for being with us and you for sharing your time to be with us. If you need to get more Fairfax County news and information, go to fairfaxcounty.gov slash news. Or you can call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329. That's weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. The County Conversation is produced by the Fairfax County Virginia Government.